Jennifer Zapparelli. Weekday morning from 9 on 2FM. Warning. The following item is not recommended for little ears. Because it's time for a dose of sex therapy with Rachel Cook. Yes, that sound means it's sex and relationship therapy. So, little ears warning. Remember, you can catch this chat uh, on our podcast after the show. People are never short of a bit of relationship advice, I find. But just because, you know, treat them mean and keep them keen rhymes doesn't mean that it makes any sense, does it? Can somebody else's experience really have any relevance to your life? Well, I don't know, but uh, I know a woman who does. Resident sex and relationship therapist Rachel Cook is back. Hiya, Rachel. Hiya, Jen. Good morning. How's it going? Good. Let's kick off with this. Do you think there's much uh, bad relationship advice out there? Like, I mean, are people just terrible at it? <laughs> I think most people are, are, you know, there's still quite a traditional and I would say a bit maybe outdated kind of views on relationships in, in certain areas. So a lot of the kind of stereotypical advice is, I would say, pretty poor, mostly because it's not nuanced. You know, it doesn't give it's very black or white yeah. and doesn't give any kind of context or or possibility within that. So I would say, yeah, quite a lot of the advice okay. is pretty poor. OK, what relationship advice and myths make you well, make you cringe the most? Oh, God, there's loads. Um, to play it cool. I think play it cool is absolutely awful advice. It, I think it means not only are you going to be very likely to attract unavailable partners, you know, unavailable, emotionally unavailable people. It also makes you come across as quite unavailable. So I think there's something about maybe being a teenager, you know, maybe even in your early 20s where, you know, coolness is more of a thing. But if you actually you know, either want a relationship or even if you just want something casual and you just like to have sex with someone and see where it goes. Uh, I think it makes a lot more sense in my experience to just be more straight up about that. It doesn't mean that you have to be really kind of um, clingy yeah. or or putting loads of pressure, of course not, or expectations on another person. But you can just be straight up about how you feel about them, what it is that you'd like, what's going on for you. And I think you're going to have a much better time. So play a cool is an awful one. Okay. Okay. Just basically don't purposefully act aloof. Don't act like you don't care. It just doesn't, it de- doesn't tend to work well at all. And it's, it's not, yeah, not being it honest, might seem really. hot. Hmm. Huh? You're not really being honest because you're not being yourself. No, like if you're playing exactly. this character. What is the most common sex advice people give? Oh, okay. So there's tons of them. I would say um, you need to have loads of sex, you know, in a long term, you know, in any relationship, but particularly in the idea of that in long term relationships, you know, in almost all long term relationships, the the kind of desire will kind of ebb and flow and, and kind of tends to go down over time. It doesn't mean that you can't still be possibly having loads of really great, satisfying sex. But you know, the idea that there even is a, a right amount of sex to have is just is bonkers, really. You know, some people are having sex multiple times a day if they somehow find the time and energy for it. And some people are having sex once or twice a year or never. And that's OK, too, if that works for however many people are in the relationship and you're talking about it. OK, so uh, that's uh, that. Yeah, that's a common one. But I want to go through some advice and yeah. let's call them cliches I've heard. Right. And you can tell me what you think, because I have these things have been said to me and I've said them myself. So let's go through. Them. Uh, what about uh, this one? When you meet the right person, you'll know. Yeah. This this is this is a wild one. I think it's, you know, of course, some people will say, well, I knew the second I met my partner, I fell in love at first sight or, well, you know, we got on so well together and I just had a feeling and we're still together. 
there's there's just as many people who had that feeling on first sight or first meeting of of a person and they didn't stay together or they didn't you know not that it's about longevity it doesn't have to be about whether you you know till death do us part that you've stayed together forever but i think that the idea that you're going to just know does not take into account you know we most of us don't know what we're doing there's so many kind of possible feelings that will come up challenges that you'll have and uh, things that you're having to kind of um explore and talk about and kind of struggle through with your own sort of maybe you know shame and insecurities and also you know kind of the joy of getting to know someone i think it's incredibly unlikely that it's it, you know you, you might have a feeling that you really connect with a person but that doesn't necessarily actually mean that you're compatible or that you're going to be together for lifelong yeah yeah absolutely i, I totally agree uh, don't settle parents would often say to their kids don't settle now what, what do you think of that one well that one it depends on what you mean by settle because the thing about settling i think is that um you know if what you're saying is you have a checklist of someone has to i don't know be earning this amount of money be this kind of conventionally good looking have these kinds of achievements or have their own you know house car whatever it is um you know then i think you're going to be in in trouble because you're basing it on the kind of external aspects of someone which you know can be very flimsy you know in in terms of really working out you know are we compatible with each other do we have a good time together do we feel reasonably kind of safe and comfortable with each other um, but that you're also never going to find someone who is absolutely perfect. There's, everyone is going to no. have flaws and challenges. And so, yeah, I think that one's not particularly useful. I mean, you know, have you been told that? By, has anyone ever said that to you, Jen? Um, what's been said to me quite a lot is when you meet the right person, you'll know. Um, okay. Oh, you should know straight away. And I didn't with Loud, to be honest. I was still unsure yeah. when he asked me to marry him. Um, but he still grew on sure. me. He grew <laughs> on me. And yeah. it's got better. It's not got worse. You know what I mean? So I think, uh, but it's, it's it sticks in people's head when that person said it to me. It kind of stuck in my head. I was like, oh my God. Yeah. But I am in positive I am sure I want to be with this person for the rest of my life right now in this moment. Um, yeah. That did come eventually, but I think it can put people off and it can stick with people, which is the worrying thing. Here's another one. Um, which one will we go for? This one. The one, this is, <laughs> the one is out there. Okay, yeah. So the idea of the one is connected to don't settle, I would say. And when you meet the right person, you'll know. There's no way that there is one person out of however many billion the population is at the moment, um, you know, that that is going to be the perfect person for you. And even if that was true, the likelihood of you meeting that one person, the probability, considering the size of the world, (laughs) you know, is, is, is off the charts weird as an idea. You know, I think that... That there's a real kind of hangover from kind of Hollywood and the idea of kind of romance and how it's been painted to us in the mm-hmm. in, in films, in in general kind of like media and stuff. And so, you know, there's aspects of that that can be very enjoyable and, and fun and kind of like silly to engage with. But you've got to take it all with a massive pinch of salt um, because the also the idea that there is this one person, you know, it can keep people in really, really bad relationships, possibly even, you know, destructive, even abusive relationships, if they're hanging on to this idea that that person is the one or that they they feel so strongly that they want them to be the one that they stay in something that really isn't, isn't, isn't healthy. Good. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. What about this one? You always need to feel a spark. No way. There's literally no way that that's possible. You know, I think there's a, there's some very, very few people out there who have such 
you know, kind of incredible sort of, nat- you know, whatever you would call natural, but like, you know, they have a, a kind of chemistry between them that means that they feel, you know, a strong pull towards each other. From the absolute vast majority of people, there's going to be times where you dislike your partner, possibly even feel kind of lo- loathing towards them, you know, um, and, and what you call a spark. Some people are referring to a sexual spark. And that, again, is very unlikely to be consistently maintained because of so many factors. It can life. be to do oh, life, stress, jobs, people yes. getting sick, people dying. Could be to do with, mm. you know, you know, your kind of menstrual cycle and yeah. how that impacts how kind of close you feel to your partner. Um, there's so many reasons why you're not going to, 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 to feel a spark all the time. You might still feel a kind of underlying sense of real connection to them, but for all sorts of reasons to do with people's kind of upbringing and dispositions, they also might not feel that. I mean, again, would you say, do you do you feel a spark all the time? Absolutely not. No, no, no. <laughs> Absolutely not. I feel quite murderous towards my husband at a certain time in my menstrual cycle, I find. But I've learned that over the years and we, we know what work it is it. and we work it. around it. Here's one that you hear an awful lot. Once a cheater, always a cheater. Okay, so I think that one is that that, there's some information to take from finding out, obviously, that someone is, let's say, a serial cheater. But just because someone has cheated, well, I would say the vast majority of people, as much as we don't like to admit it, almost all of us have had some sort of dalliance with woman, someone in our lives. You know, it doesn't have to be in our current relationship. It might have been when we were very young. But most people, you know, have had some sort of, you know, even if it was kind of what we call emotional cheating, you know, where they're getting much closer to someone without anything specifically sexual happening. Um, you know, it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't mean that you're going to be you know, a, a, someone who just no. sort of is dishonest and goes out of your way to to um, to, to to do that. So I think you've got to, you, again, look at it. If you found out that someone has a, a strong history of this, you might want to be quite wary and certainly have lots of conversations with them about it. And if it's yourself, you know, like what are the reasons that you cheated in the past? Was it because you didn't feel able to say that you actually weren't very satisfied in your relationship and you need to look at your kind of communication and boundaries and kind of self-awareness? Um, or was there other reasons? Like, for instance, you're not actually a very monogamous person and you might want to explore non-monogamy. There we go. There's so many, Rachel, isn't there? There's so oh. many myths out there and we just, they get stuck in our heads and we think it's gospel. But I just want to end on this one um, because we talked about this on the show a couple of months ago and it was yeah. really interesting, people's thoughts on it. Here it is. You need to sleep in the same bed to have a healthy relationship. Oh, so I'm getting more and more people talking to me about this. I'm loving that this is that we're discussing it more. It's being a bit more open, you know, basically. And I think we've talked about this before, Jen. The reason that people sleep in the same bed historically was because the bed was the most expensive piece of furniture in the house. That's right. So often people just literally couldn't afford more than one bed. And also for warmth, you know, especially think about before we had central heating and stuff, mm-hmm. it would have been bloody frozen. So it made sense to sleep kind of communally or, you know, even when you think about the history of that, that like we've only really married for kind of love over the last hundred or so, maybe 150 years. Before that, it was all about um, kind of finances and status and, you know, property and all of that sort of stuff, lineage. And so, you know, this romantic idea that you must sleep together, you know, the amount of people who have got, you know, really poor quality sleep because of the beds that they have, or just the fact that they're kind of light sleepers and they don't sleep well with a person or their partner snores or jumps around in the bed. 
I am all for people having either a kind of separate, maybe sofa bed. It could be in the room or, you know, if it's possible for you to have a, a separate bedroom, a spare bedroom, then amazing. Um, but certainly looking into having the right beds or 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 just deciding that you're going to kind of sleep separately and then decide certain nights to sleep together. Yeah. But being able to talk about it because it's I've had so many people feel so much fear and grief over the idea that their relationship is going to end just because they don't sleep to get to sleep in the same bed or don't want to sleep ridiculous. in the same bed. It's ridiculous. Absolutely. You can't sleep with a snore forever. You'll never get a decent night's sleep. No, well, you'll end up murdering them. So. Yes, yes, you will. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Rachel, thank you so much for that. And uh, we'll chat to you next week. See you then, Jen. Bye, love. Bye. Jennifer Zapparelli. Weekday morning from nine on 2FM.